Also, throughout the scriptures, the Sabbath day is always the last day of the week. I'm getting a phone call. I will call him back. Here we go. Welcome to the Ask Anything Podcast, because some things are better said than read. My name is Peter LaRuffa, and today I'm going to be answering this question. What is the Sabbath? It's a great question. I have some notes that I've prepared that I'm going to be glancing to as I talk to you about this important question of what is the Sabbath. Uh, We get the concept of the Sabbath from uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8 and following, which says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work, you, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord has made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. And so right there I said that's where we find our first concept of the Sabbath, but it's actually even there it's pointing back to what? The creation account, right? The creation week where we see that the Lord God created all of the heavens, all of the earth, the entire universe and everything in it in six days, and on the seventh day he what? He rested. Now, there are some groups uh, that consider the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, the last day of the week, Saturday, to be a day of worship. Uh, But that's not what we see the Sabbath called throughout the Old Testament. So worship isn't confined to a a certain day. Sacrifices were actually made in the temple uh, each and every day. There were specific regulations that you had about how those sacrifices were needed to be made on uh, the Sabbath in the Mosaic Law, like in Leviticus 23 and Numbers 28. Um, But all throughout the Mosaic Law, the idea of the Sabbath being a day of rest remains the same uh, throughout the scriptures. The Sabbath was set aside not to be a day of worship, like the Seventh-day Adventists would say, but to be a day of rest. Also, throughout the scriptures, you'll always find the Sabbath referred to as the last day of the week. In other words, it is Saturday. It is different from Sunday. It is different from what we call the Lord's Day. We'll talk about that a little later. So the Sabbath day always has been, and I would go so far as to say always will be, Saturday, the last day of the week. That has never changed and never will change. The keeping of the Sabbath was one of the signs of God's covenant with his people, and people demonstrated their love for God, their trust in God, by observing the Sabbath, therefore keeping it holy, set apart. It was a separate day of the week, and observing it according to God's law. In fact, we read this in Exodus chapter 31, beginning in verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, so that you will know that I am the Lord who consecrates you. Observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Whoever profanes it must be put to death. If anyone does work on it, that person must be cut off from his people. God didn't mess around when it came to the Sabbath. This was law. This was binding law. It was punishable by death if you did not observe this law. Now, this is the thing, though. We're not under the Mosaic law. That sometimes makes people uncomfortable, but I'll stand by it. We are not under the Mosaic law. That doesn't mean we do what we want. It just means we have a different why for what we do and what we don't do. And it's not because the Ten Commandments say so. You see, when Jesus died and rose again, he established a new covenant. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6, but Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been established on better 
promises. And so the Bible tells us we are now under a better covenant, a new covenant that's better than the old one. That doesn't mean the old one was bad. It just means that this one is better. That's why you'll never find Christians in the Bible setting aside the Sabbath day as a day of worship. The only time the Sabbath is mentioned throughout the New Testament, in fact, is when Christians are engaging Jews in an evangelistic endeavor of some sort. And so what do they do? They go to the temple to meet the Jews when on the Sabbath day. But that's the only time you'll see Christians or the New Testament referring to the Sabbath. Nowhere are we told that we are to keep the Sabbath. Uh, Acts 20 and 1 Corinthians 6 both talk about Christians meeting for corporate worship on the first day of the week. That is not Saturday, that is Sunday. Some people then say, so Sunday is the Sabbath for the Christian also not true. The Sabbath is also always the last day of the week. We're just not under the law. We meet on the first day of the week really to commemorate the day that Jesus rose from the grave, because that's what we're told throughout the Gospels, that it was the day after the Sabbath, so the day after Saturday, which was Sunday, when Jesus rose, and that's why we celebrate Easter on Easter Sunday, and why traditionally, historically, we meet on Sundays for corporate worship. But here's the thing, You'll never find a command within the New Testament for Christians to gather together on a certain day. Not the Sabbath, which is Saturday, not even what we refer to as the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. We're told to gather together. We're even told what to do when we gather together. We spur one another on toward love and good deeds, uh, Hebrews 10. We're told to give attention to the public reading of Scripture. Uh, Paul tells Timothy that. We're told in the book of Ephesians that we are to uh, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. These are all elements of our times of corporate worship. We're told to observe the Lord's table, where we remember Jesus' death on behalf of sinners like you and like me uh, by imitating and celebrating his last supper with the disciples in the upper room just hours before he would climb the tree on Calvary and die for our sins. All of those things are important. We're actually just never given an actual day. And so we're not under the Mosaic law, so we're not told that we need to worship on a Saturday. And really the reason we worship on Sunday is because that's historically what we do. But our day of worship is not our Sabbath. In fact, some people are like, well, then what about the rest of the Ten Commandments? And that's a very good question. We're actually not under the Ten Commandments. We're not under the Mosaic Law. The reason we observe the things that are in the Ten Commandments is because they're repeated in the New Testament. But watch this. Only nine of them are. You will never find a New Testament passage to New Covenant Christians about keeping the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so we are not under the law. Now, Here's where I want to talk about the ditches that people fall into when it comes to law-keeping. So you have people like Seventh-day Adventists, who I personally don't believe are Christians. I think they're a cult, but that's maybe a separate topic. People like Seventh-day Adventists who are going to keep the law, every jot and tittle, dot every I, cross every T. They keep every bit of the law. There's no grace. There's very little freedom uh, in that uh, religion. I'm not even going to say in that faith, because I think it's just a religious practice that people are confined to, and they don't really experience a love relationship relationship with Christ. So that's one ditch. Then you have the other ditch, which is I do whatever I want. Uh, I'm not under the law. You're not the boss of me, right? I can do whatever I want, however I want. And that's also unbiblical and also not true. Just because we're not under the law doesn't mean there's not things that we ought to do and things we ought not to do. And the wisdom is in the middle. And so I'll give you a very practical example. We have bedtimes for our children. We enforce those more for our younger children than we do for our older children. Um, My oldest son is 18. He's going to go off to college soon. Uh, He doesn't have a bedtime, but 
it would still be wise for him to get a good night's sleep because he has school or work the next day. And so he no longer does it because there's an ultimatum if he doesn't. And what if mommy and daddy catch him that he's not going to bed? Now he does it because there's wisdom in going to sleep at a decent hour. And when he does, he he reaps the benefits of those that wisdom. And when he doesn't, he doesn't. But that's because he's mature and he's older. It's different from my son Silas, who is eight years old, who will go to bed uh, when we tell him to go to bed and should also do so with a smile on his face. And so as you mature and as you grow, it's not that you just say, I'm done with everything I used to do. I don't have to do that. Nobody's the boss of me. And you just kind of stick your nose out. No, you don't stick your nose out. Your nose is always out. Stick your tongue out and say, you can't tell me what to do. That's not maturity. That's actually folly. That's foolishness. Wisdom says... I might not be under the law, but I still do things that are wise, not because I have to, but because I ought to. And so, for example, the dietary restrictions. Can you eat pork as a New Testament Christian? Absolutely. You can eat as much pork as you want. Just eat it until the day you die. But here's the thing. Not only can you eat as much pork as you want and still get to heaven, but those who do eat as much pork as they want actually get to heaven sooner than those who don't. Because eating pork and having a life on pork is high in sodium and ultimately not very healthy for you. Can you do it? Sure. Would it be good for you to push back from the table when it comes to pork every once in a while? Probably. And so you have the freedom to eat as much pork as you want. Should you eat as much pork as you want? Probably not. You probably want to keep it, uh, you know, pretty normative and not go crazy on pork and barbecue and stuff because it's really not the best for you. There's wisdom in the law. We learn about God's character from the law that we see in the Old Testament. Even though we're not bound by it, that doesn't mean we don't read it. That doesn't mean we don't care about it. We love the law of God. We're just not bound to it. And so a mature Christian doesn't say, psh, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. You should never say that to God. But a mature person doesn't celebrate the fact that uh, they don't have to do these things. They think, okay, well, what's wise for me to do? How might I worship the Lord effectively, live a life that is glorifying to God, that is most fruitful, that is most beneficial for human flourishing, that brings the most amount of glory to God? And what principles should I put into practice as a result of that? And I would suggest that you Sabbath. For a long time in my Christian life, um, particularly when I was younger, I literally just paid no attention to, I don't have to Sabbath. It's not, it's part of the law that I don't have to uh, abide by because I'm not under it. And you know, you, it's just not for me and I'll sleep when I'm dead. And uh, right now I just want to make hay while the sun shines. And I guess, I mean, I kind of get that, right? You're, you're young, you want to take the bull by the horns and you want to go and do all that you want to do. But here's the thing, even though you don't have to keep the Sabbath, you ought to have some practice of Sabbath in your life. You ought to have a time where you sit back and rest and relax and reflect upon the things of God and just trust in Him. Because by not doing things, by just resting, you're acknowledging that God is God and you are not. And that God doesn't need you to keep His earth spinning. He doesn't need you to keep your house uh, from falling over. He doesn't need you to do anything. He is on it. He will take care of it, and you can rest because he does not. You can sleep because he never sleeps or slumbers. You can rest knowing that God is in control and that he will do what he needs to do for his glory and for our good. Laziness means I only rest. But the other side of laziness is self-sufficiency, having a high view of self. I've got to do the things that I've got to do and never resting. Now, I don't know if it's a, a day I don't know if it's a portion of a day, but you would do well to have a rhythm of rest built into your life, not because you have to, 
but because you ought to. I know there are certain things that I do during my uh, Sabbath rhythms. I journal a lot more. I uh, try not to engage on social media or anything like that. I um, I won't read for work. I'll read uh, just for my own pleasure, whether it's pleasure reading or devotional reading, but it's not related to work. I won't answer emails. I'll do my best to just push back and really to allow uh, myself to be reminded that God is God and I am just Peter, you need to be reminded that God is God and you're just you, and he will take care of you and will provide for all of your needs. Which brings me to my uh, announcement for today. Our church embraces this concept of Sabbath, uh, not in the sense that it's the law. We don't believe that Sunday is the Sabbath day. We don't believe that you must rest on uh, on the Lord's day on Sunday but embraces it particularly for our staff and particularly for our pastors. And we have a sabbatical policy uh, at Grace Fellowship Church that we are granted, by God's grace, it's so wonderful, we're granted a sabbatical uh, every seven years of serving on staff at the church. And so I've actually been on staff for 16 years. I delayed my sabbatical uh, two years when I first became eligible for it, which was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that, and I won't do it again. And I'm now up for my sabbatical. And so I am taking a sabbatical this summer. And during that time, it's a time for me to really dial down from the demands of ministry. I love my job, which is great. But the other problem is, I love my job. It may not be great. It can be an idol. Uh, The best of men are men at best, and I love serving in ministry. I love being the Fort Thomas campus pastor. I love it so much that I don't want to stop doing it. And sometimes what happens is you start to think that things are really centered more on you than they really are. And so a sabbatical rest is a good reminder, just like I was encouraging you to do before, that God is God and I am not that it's not my church, it's no man's church, it is his church. Uh, 1 Peter 5 says he's the chief shepherd. I'm not the chief shepherd, he's the chief shepherd of our church. And so it's a good time to be reminded of that because when you come back from sabbatical and things are just humming along, you're reminded that it's God who runs this place through many people and I'm just one of them. But it's also a good time to back away from the demands of ministry. All this talk about Sabbathing, I'll just confess to you, I've not been very good at that over the past uh, several, uh, let's be honest. I've not been good at that for the first two quarters of this year. Uh, I've not been as diligent as I typically am in making sure that my off day is as off as I can be. Um, some of that has been circumstantial. A lot of that has just been me being me, me being Peter LaRufa. And so having an opportunity to push away from the demands of ministry to, um, I really feel like reacquainting myself with my family. We're not distant, we're fine, but we've been really going at it for a long time. And we have a lot of changes coming up. Uh, Justin is going away to college. He's going to be going away at the end of this summer. It gets an opportunity for us to spend some extra time with him. We'll do a little bit of traveling as a family. And then ultimately, it'll just be an opportunity for me particularly to focus on my relationships with my family and to do a good, hard reset and come back, uh, hopefully, Lord willing, 
better and stronger and more excited about ministry, believing that the best is yet to come, because I truly do believe that. And so during that time, I'm going to give this podcast a break. This podcast is not associated with my job at Grace Fellowship. This is my own thing. But still, it puts me in that work mode. Uh, Recording this podcast is a rhythm that I work into my work week. And so I'm going to give it a rest. I'm going to really uh, withdraw from social media. And during that time, I become a little harder to reach. And I think that serves uh, me and my family best uh, to be that way during sabbatical. And so I'm going to dial down this podcast. And so you're not going to be able to ask me anything until the end of the summer. But I'm pretty sure that's okay because I'm just me and I'm not God. You can ultimately, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, but you can get answers from other people. You can get answers from God's word. And I look forward to getting back into it, Lord willing, uh, at the end of the summer. I even have a a series idea that I want to do. Great. Now I said it. Now I'm kind of held to it. Whatever. And so uh, this is Peter LaRufa from the Ask Anything podcast signing off, saying thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Uh, Thank you for your messages, for your helpful questions. Uh, Thank you for uh, thinking to reach out and let me know uh, when this has been helpful or beneficial or encouraging to you. All of those really, really bless me. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming back from sabbatical and re-hosting and restarting the Ask Anything podcast. And I hope you'll join me then. So until that time, I'm Peter LaRufa saying thank you so much for listening to the Ask Anything podcast. And I look forward to seeing you once again at the end of the summer. God bless.